You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show... Please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Um, do we have new callers? I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, no, we don't have new callers. Um, let me turn this off. That was, that was fun while it lasted. All right. Let's get started with... Who's first today... Jersey Mike. And again, if you can't hear me, if you can't hear the calls, just let me know. Sometimes stuff doesn't work super great. Here's Jersey Mike. Jersey Mike. Damn it. Oh, is that him or is that my... What is going wrong? Oh, I know what's wrong. Give me two seconds. I just had to play with the stupid thing here. Here we go. Jersey Mike. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. So uh, I just saw earlier today, uh, today being the first day of the actual combine workouts. Thanks, I think we're getting defensive linemen and linebackers today. Maybe I'll see some of my guys I want to, I want to pick up. Anyway, um, I heard the Green Bay Packers have met up with a guy by the name of Javon Bullard, safety out of Georgia. Now, I don't know where you are. Um, I'm seeing a lot of guys like Cam Kitchens. Um, it, it, I've been seeing a lot of guys mocked to the Packers that are deep center field safeties, quote unquote. I don't know what it is about this draft, but I don't really see anybody I like too much. I'd rather re-sign Darnell or go after one of the free agents that are out there and pay them a good amount of money. Or, crap, if, if Goop keeps talking like he's talking, let's trade for, trade for somebody. Maybe Kyle Hamilton, <laughs> I doubt that the Ravens would let that happen, but somebody, somebody. Um, anyway, and I'd like to go after the likes of Javon Bullard and Tyke Smith. Uh, if I could, if I could get both Georgia Bulldogs on my team, you know, get them to reunite with Eric Stokes. Well, I don't know if they played together. They might have been like freshmen when Stokes was there. Anyway, um, I, I don't know what it is. I just feel like we seem to be hitting on these Georgia guys. 
And and we don't need Javon Bullard to play center field. Man, he, he is a hard-hitting safety. And if you can get Tyke Smith, who is a slot corner, now, yeah, it says he's a safety, but he's a slot corner. But that means you could also leave him out there on rundowns and know that he could come up and make some really good tackles. And that way we ain't re-signing Keyshawn. Because I, I think Keyshawn's gone. I think this this draft class is all about secondary play, but we got some really hard-hitting secondary guys, and we've got some really sticky man coverage guys. I don't think there's a lot of guys who are super adept at zone. Um, but but I'm telling you, this is a man coverage draft. There's a really lo- a lot of real good man coverage studs out there, and a lot of really good hard-hitting safety guys. Now the safeties probably play a little bit more zone. Uh, than the corners that we're talking about. And even Cooper DeJean, man, or DeJean, whatever the heck his name is. Um, I don't like him too much. I'm really not high on him. I don't know why everybody is. I've watched his gameplay. Like he, he's good at tackling, but, like, nothing to me stands up off the charts with him. Um, but, yeah, so those are my two guys, those Georgia Bulldogs. I want them, man. I want both of them. Go Pack Go. So I got to go back and look, like I said, all these guys, I got to do a second run through and get a little bit more detailed. I want to wait until after the combine so we get some official numbers so I can kind of have a baseline of what we're looking at here. Um, I want to maybe talk, you know, I want to I want to get feedback from you guys. I want to maybe talk to the, the Packernet guys and see where they're at because some of us are on different levels with uh, with where we are with some of these guys. I, I had Bullard one, two, three, four, fifth down, and then sixth, seventh was Tyke Smith. Um I think part of the issue that I had is they were both smaller guys. I, I did put a note on here for Javon Buller that he's semi-passive, which, uh, as I've mentioned before, really ticks me off. Corners, I can kind of tolerate it. Safeties, I can't. And all I really mean by semi-passive is exactly what uh, Halfley talked about, which is if there's a pile, you don't just run up and be like, oh, we're good, like they got it, right? Or take that sort of long angle, like, oh, come on, get them, somebody get them, so I don't have to, somebody get them. I don't like that stuff. Now, is he is he a good tackler? I mean, he's got a good tackling grade. Um, you know, and, and even th- maybe stuff like that can be taught. I mean, some of these guys are just psychopaths. They're they're built for special teams. They're just out trying to kill people. Some of these guys, it might just be as simple as Halfley getting in his ear and being like, "Look, man, you just got to go." Like, if there's a pile, you you just get in there, and then he does it, and and we're all good. I mean, again, these are these are minor little things. As I'm very quickly going through, I'm not saying I'm out on them at all. Um, looking at their RASs, I mean, neither of them were really great. I mean, obviously Bullard, he came in at 5'10", 198, which I think is about what was expected, or maybe they updated this. No, they didn't. 5'11", 195 is what they had him at. Pretty close. Um, so undersized, all he did was was speed stuff. Um, he was at 4'47". I think Tyke Smith was about the same, 4'46". So I think both of those guys would be fine. As I've mentioned before, I went back and looked at Halfley's guys, and granted, you're you're dealing with... You're not talking about like elite NFL caliber guys where you get a, a, a more select group. I'm sure he would love to have a 4-4 guy or a 4-3 or a 4-2 guy. But in college, his safeties, his free safeties were 4-6 guys. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily rule anybody out based on that. But it looks like for both of them, 40 time was really the only thing that kind of stands out as, as a positive. Now, again, this is athleticism. This has nothing to do with how good of a safety you are. Uh, anticipation, reading the quarterback, physicality, tackling, it's none of that stuff. So um, definitely want to go back and look at that, and I agree we've had some luck with Georgia guys. And I don't th- I don't just think it's 
you know, it's not just the freaking G on the helmet. You know, I think it's a mentality that those guys have. I think it's a culture, and I think it's a lot of pride that they take in in being a big, mean, physical defense, and I do think that there's something to that. So I got no issue with it. I mean, again, just by looking at it, there's there's certainly no red flags here. Um, they both grade out really well. 83 PFF grade for Bullard, who's 21 years old. Tyke Smith is 23, which would be kind of a knock on him. On top of that, this was kind of a big, like, breakout year. Um, last year wasn't nearly as good, although he didn't play. And then the year before that, he didn't really play. And then the year before that, he was in West Virginia and he was really good. But then the year before that, it was kind of good. So it's kind of a weird thing where you got to try to pin him down and figure out what is he. And again, 23. So, I mean, just glancing, definitely Javon Bullard, right? I mean, he was solid as a rookie in the little bit he played, got a starter role the next year, dominated, starter role again the next year, dominated. So, and he plays the free safety spot. So, I mean, if you're pinning me down right now, um, Javon Buller to be the guy for sure. So, um, again, uh, once this combine stuff is officially done, I'm going to try to do another second pass through and uh, maybe actually do some kind of actual grading system. Um, I'm going to get to work on that. Might use the robot for some help. And I think uh, Jake already has some templates, so I might work off some of that but just just kind of as a general way to quantify because that's one of the hardest things to do as you're going through is to remember like okay so he's like this and it's like what did i give the last guy it was like a it's, it's like a what did i give him like a seven ish so i mean he's a little better but i don't want to give him an eight because that's like super good so it just gets to be kind of stupid where it'd be better to just kind of plug in like okay he's this 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 and then whatever the final grade is the final grade is it's a little bit less uh subjective and off the top of your head i guess you can say next up we got pedro hey ryan it's me pedro the rat from brazil so i got a couple things i want to talk about today what's up first and foremost the russian gary restriction so what i think that that means is we're gonna keep jones no matter what and we're trying to move some some money around so we can still keep him, sure. even though he won't take like a huge pay cut or something like that. So, yeah, I believe that that's the only answer. That one, or we're keeping back Thierry, but I don't believe that at all. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't like to move at first, but when I thought about that, I was like, okay, I, I'm willing to, to move that money around to keep him, whatever I love to do. So, yeah. And the other subject I want to talk about today is Justin Fields. I don't hate him. I kind of hate him when I thought that he could be a good quarterback for the right. Bears. But as soon as I thought that he was complete garbage, then you love I, him. I stopped hating him. Yes, so exactly. I do think that he will still be garbage no matter what, but that he can still be somewhat useful if he goes to the Broncos. Fingers crossed. I do believe that he can be like some Taysom Hill kind of player for Sean Payton. So, yeah. I want to read your thoughts about that. And, yeah, that's about it. Talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Yeah, so one of the interesting things you brought up that I hadn't super contemplated before, um, you know, it's like, why why would you need to, to nickel and dime here with Rashawn Gary? And then you ask Preston for a pay cut, which, I mean, I'm, I'm there's obviously no issues with a pay cut. Um, but then if you think about it, you know, we look at it and say, okay, David Bakhtiari's going to go. So you're going to have money in the future. So what's the big deal? Well, the problem is maybe they're trying to get deals done now. Um, and so in that case, you would need money 
now, right? So maybe that's a little bit what what this is about is, you know, not really necessarily expecting to have some kind of a decision on David Bakhtiari in the immediate. And if we want to be able to make some moves today, now, then um, then we're going to have to go and uh, free up a little bit of money. And as you can see, according to Track, I don't know um, how up to date this is, but we're up to $12.7 million already. And remember, the uh, cap savings, if we move on from Bakhtiari, is $20 million bucks. So we are in perfect situation, right? Uh, if we do keep David Bakhtiari, then we got to do some stuff. But Aaron Jones is either, you know, the, the news as of today is that Aaron Jones is either going to be, he's either going to accept a, a pay cut or he's going to be let go. And, um, and then it'll be either he finds the money that he wants somewhere else or he comes back with his tail between his legs and accepts what the Packers offered him. Um, it's already kind of come full circle as being maybe not as big of a story, but my thought from the beginning is, and I've kind of communicated this on the podcast, I think this is exactly what happened last time when they asked him for a pay. I mean, I, 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 I've said that numerous times. They went to him and said, either you take a pay cut or we're going to have to let you go, and he accepted a pay cut. So I think we're just in the same situation. You know, they're coming to him, and it's like, look, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, I understand we offered you this and we promised you this, but at the same time, let's be real, we're not giving you this. So um, we got to figure something out here. This $11 million thing is not going to fly. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what, excuse me, can, I don't know what his uh, value is. Uh, let's see what it says here for market value. $5 million. Now, sometimes these things are silly. I don't know. But let's just say that's right. He's at about $5 million. You know, I mean, if you can get him to come down to seven, that's that's a, you know, pretty solid savings. I don't know if it's going to come down that low, but the bottom line is we're not paying you this, right? So, um, you know, it's it's not a massive savings if we move on, but we are willing to do that if need be, right? I mean, it'd be a dead cap hit of 12.3. We're at 17.5. So a little over 5 million bucks um, to let him walk. So uh, what was the other thing you said? J Justin Fields going to the Denver Broncos. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm in a, a similar camp as you that Fields is not good. Um, there's this constant refrain, even from Packer fans. It's not him. It's the bears. It's the bears. And it's like, well, it's kind of him though. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, we, we've analyzed Justin Fields for three years from every single possible angle. Every, I mean, that's like, well, he's had different offensive coordinators, right? But that's kind of a negative for Justin Fields also. Because you, you can't just blame it on the scheme. How do you blame it on the scheme if he's had a bunch of different schemes to work with? And there have been times where it's looked good and times where it's looked bad. And the bottom line is you can see what the negatives are. And it's not, it's not always play calling, right? A lot of times the problem is what? It's that he sucks. <laughs> it's that there's a guy open and he didn't throw it. It's that his eyes are in the his his discipline with his eyes are terrible. Like we, we can see what the issues are, and scheme doesn't fix those issues. So am I going to be rooting for him when he leaves? Heck yes, I am. Absolutely, he's going to leave for for you know pennies on the dollar. Bears fans are going to cry, and then they're going to expect some. You know they expect a haul from Fields. They're not going to get it, and then they expect they want to trade that pick, the number one pick, so they get a haul. That's not going to happen. They're just going to get a quarterback. That's all you're getting is a quarterback. And nothing else. Maybe a second, maybe um, second round pick, possibly a third round pick because the market is drying up on people that are actually interested in Justin Fields. 
with all the other options out there with Cousins, et cetera, et cetera, and how few teams actually need a quarterback that are not up early to be able to draft one of these quarterbacks. And there's like four, maybe even more solid quarterbacks, especially when you get to like the Bo Nix and, and Penix areas. Um, so anyways, um, forgot where I was going with that. Let's just move on to Jersey Mike again. Hey Ryan, here's Jersey Mike. Up, uh, I just I just wanted to let you know, just just watching Peyton Wilson run forty yard and four four four. I mean, come on! And then on top of that, to find I didn't even know this because I don't pay attention to baseball. But his mother is a pitcher for the Brewers. Didn't like, know come on! You can't tell me he doesn't belong in Green Bay, <laughs> dude, 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 dude. His brother is in Milwaukee. He has to go to Green Bay. I'm I'm sorry, like guys, he's my first round pick. I'm I'm sold on him. I don't care that he's twenty three, twenty four years old, whatever he is. I don't oh, care about the he? past injuries. Oh, you know what? Injuries. That that is one really sad white boy, and I don't know what it is. I just for some reason they work really well in Green Bay. So let's stop with the, the shenanigans here. He's gonna be the first round pick. Um, I, I, I have a feeling. I just have a feeling. I mean, okay, sorry. It, it, it's not true. He's not going to be the first round pick. We never get what we want. Well, I never That's get right. what That's I want. Right. That's for sure. Unless it's Dyer Alexander, I want Dyer. Um, <clears throat> but in all seriousness, I did not expect Edwin Cooper to run as fast as he did. That was seriously impressive. My one knock against Edwin Cooper was I did not like how slow he was. Maybe, maybe that's an on-field thing. Maybe that's what, and, and maybe, maybe it's a valid concern of mine. Maybe it's not. I can, I seriously thought that Edwin Cooper was slow. Um, he gets stuck sometimes, and he's too, a little bit too upright on some of these tackles. He just gets lucky because he's got more gusto, more want to drive through somebody. But in the NFL, I feel like he's gonna get completely demolished. You know, if he sees A.J. Dillon in the hole, I know A.J. Dillon be stumbling sometimes. But if Edgerin Cooper meets A.J. Dillon in the hole and, and tackling like that, he's gonna get he's gonna get run over. He's gonna he's gonna get knocked in the even Aaron Jones. He's gonna get knocked in the next Sunday if Aaron Jones you know puts his shoulder right in his gut. Uh, I'm I'm really excited. We've seen some really good edge defenders run. Uh, Byron Murphy ran really well. That's kind of scary. Um, but I wasn't, uh, uh, Chop Robinson, crazy time, crazy time. I, these linebackers are fast. So I, I think we can get a linebacker here that we're going to need for this team. I'm really hoping so. I think out of everything that we really need, like, yes, we need secondary, but I think we really have to kill it at linebacker. We need two pieces. We really need two guys. Um, I think even if we keep Campbell, we, we need two guys. I don't know if I, uh, Duffy works per se in this scheme. Anyway, let's uh, continue to watch the combine. Great, great performance so far by these guys. Go back, go. Yeah, I uh, I couldn't get into Edron Cooper either. Um, I'm trying to think of that guy's freaking name. Who is the Dallas cop? I mean, it's funny how I always have these prototypes in my mind. So when I watch people play, I put it in my notes, but I can't remember the guy's name. But it just kind of helps me remember the positives and negatives. So I've got my own like draft lingo the heck was that guy's name in the chat if you can think of it the dallas cowboys linebacker that we picked up for a very little period of time he was drafted kind of high i want to say in the second round he's got a very basic name like jim johnson or something um 
But anyways, my, my, my biggest issue with him was, I mean, he's super athletic and he just never knew what he was doing. Like he always looked clumsy. Jalen, is that, is that, oh, Jalen Smith. That's right. I was thinking Jalen Johnson and I'm like, no, that's the corner in, uh, yeah, Jalen Smith. So we, we, we picked him up and his issue was he just, he doesn't know what he's doing. And that was kind of how I felt with, uh, Edrin Cooper. Like you, you kind of like him, but he just never feels like he knows what he's doing. Like he's never quite in the right spot at the right time. And I'm sure that, again, you look at the highlights, he does some great stuff. Cause he's a, he's an athletic guy and everything else. Just like Peyton Wilson, I'm sure he does some freakish stuff. Um, I couldn't super get into it with Peyton. I, again, as soon as I saw him get beat by a running back, and just I'm talking about that guy just cooked him, I understand he ran a fast 40 time, but I'm looking at that going, come on, man. Your one attribute as a 24-year-old injury-ridden linebacker is that you're fast and you can't keep up with a running back out of the backfield? I don't know, man. I, I, I would rather have Tommy Eichenberg. I liked him a lot more the way he flew around he's everything that supposedly Peyton Wilson is I know Peyton's on you know his testing is is off the charts but I I saw Tommy carry linebackers up the field like it was nothing and fly around the field um and then on top of that I'm looking at all this this data saying 40 time doesn't mean jack squat for linebacker so I just I don't care what his 40 time is um age is one of the biggest factors as far as being a predictor of how good you're going to be and he's 24 years old so uh, I know he's your guy. I'm not trying to talk you out of it at all. I'm just telling you, um, every time you call in, you try to sell me on it. I, uh, it's, it's just not working. In fact, it got a lot worse because you explained to me he's 24 and has an injury history. I'm just, I just can't get into it. Um, sorry about that. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back and we'll hear from Kyle from Madison, Wisconsin. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ryan, Kyle from Madison, what's up? What's going on? Ryan, I'm taking some strays here, man. I'm taking Uh-oh. some strays. Um, Trevor from Virginia, I have to let you know, man, that that was not me uh, reciting the tampon commercial. Can you so, guys stop? I, I don't know, maybe it was Nate. Stop, can we? See, here Hold I on. am, here I am. Can we do one podcast without you guys saying tampon? Okay, you're worse than the commercials. You guys call in complaining about the commercials, and now every single one of my shows 
is is like a tampon commercial because you won't shut up about tampons. Can we stop moratorium, if that's even the right word, on the word tampon? That's the last time that word is said on this podcast. Please stop it. Please. Please stop saying that. Continuing the circle of misinformation, if it's not made, I apologize. But I will say, I did also get that same commercial. Um, and I don't know, like, why? I, I think... I don't know. I was talking to an IT buddy of mine, and he said it had to do with, like, if you listen on only one device and what kind of cookies you have enabled, and if you don't have them enabled, you just get, like, this potpourri of whatever ads, and if you do have them enabled or you switch to different devices where one of them is enabled, it'll just kind of grab relevant cookies wherever you are, depending on what you have, what permissions it has. So, I don't know. I just, I guess I don't have it enabled. I just get, like, a hodgepodge. I had, was it Last week or the week before, I had a commercial for adult diapers. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, that does seem incredibly convenient. Um, however, it, it was not because I was looking for them, unfortunately. So, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Uh, Football-related question. Uh, By the way... Oh, he ran out of time. He's going to call back. I just put up a poll, all right? This is available to everybody that is uh, watching currently on YouTube. Uh, Yeah, JJ did get the most votes. I just closed out that. That was from a long time ago. The poll is, should we ban the word, you know what, from the podcast? Comment exclamation point Y or exclamation point N. All right? I'm going to go ahead and vote real quick because I always forget how to do this, so I want to make sure that it's right. I think it's space Y, or is it just Y? Either way, let's try both. We'll do that one first. Uh, Let's get to Kyle's second call while I remember how to do the polls all over again. Hey, Kyle. Sorry, I hit a dead zone there. Yeah, football-related question, though. Of the, just kind of after the linebacker day of the combine, I'm just curious, where do you think Chop Robinson and a lot of the linebackers, I guess, linebacker Wilson, the crazy... Damn it, Donald! Crazy day, it seems like at the at the uh, at the combine. But where do you think Chop Robinson is going to actually get drafted? There's a lot of early. He, he might be. I think it's early. Top twenty. Yeah, I think so. I, I've also, but I've seen him for what it's worth. You know, like the PFF draft simulator isn't the most. I don't think it's the most accurate thing, right? Especially at this stage in the game. But I've seen him, you know, available in the forties there. But I'm hearing a lot of. Uh, a lot of smoke about him maybe going higher than that. So just curious. I know that's one of your guys, which probably ensures we won't have, we won't get him. Right. But I do like that player, and I'm just curious where you think he's going to go. All right. Peace. So I want to share something with you real quick, and I, I kind of cover this on the uh, the old podcast tomorrow. By the way, I apologize for being a little late on that. Um, here we go. We'll just scroll. So this is winners and losers of the NFL Combine, and again. So here's the chart I was referencing on the podcast. It just shows how much these things matter. So for interior defenders, three cone, the red bar is what matters most. Then shuttle, uh, 40, a little bit, whatever. Blue is how much the NFL cares about these things. Always a huge discrepancy with weight. If we come down to, what are we looking for? Edge rushers. So vert, by far, the most important thing. Then you're looking at 10-yard split, shuttle, whatever, right? Here's Chop Robinson. So Dallas Turner, 99th percentile, right? Chop Robinson is 91st percentile. So, again, I don't know how much, and, and this is, by the way, how much the teams care. He's still 
like 89th percentile in terms of how desirable he's going to be to teams. But, um, I mean, Chop Robinson tore it up. He really did. So if you just look at RAS, he's got a great RAS. If you look at the things that actually matter the most, he still dominates. 91st percentile in this thing called value percentile, which is more or less just trying to assess, um, you know, how the likelihood that you're going to produce value in the NFL, I guess is the best way I can put it. So um, here is that. And again, Chop Robinson's way up here. I just can't imagine. So, I mean, Dallas Turner, I think, goes real early. There was kind of some question about Dallas Turner. Is it going to be Jared Verse, blah, blah, blah. By the way, Jared Verse way down here. Um, I think Dallas Turner just, I mean, 40 and a half vert, which again, the most important thing. Then you got the 10-yard split. Both of these guys pretty much dominated that. The 40-time, both of them did really well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Chop's gone before we get there. If we, I, I already said, if we trade up for Chop, I said it about my other guy, too, who I think is, uh, where's my guy here? Uh, Darius Robinson, by the way. I, as I said on the podcast tomorrow, all the way out. Where's my dude? Oh, Braylon Trice. So, didn't perform as well. Don't care. I already said if we trade up for either guy, I'm good with it. But Chop Robinson, I don't think anybody would think twice if we traded up for him. I don't. I don't think we will. I'm sure that's not going to be the most popular option. Can we get one more person to vote yes, please, so we can so we can ban this? Just exclamation point. Uh, <laughs> who's Miles Cole? Where is he at? I remember his name. Oh yeah. So Miles Cole out of Texas Tech. So the funny thing about some of these guys. This is how desirable he is. So based on his what he did in the draft and whatnot, the NFL teams are going to love this guy, probably largely because he's about 280 pounds, um, 278, decent 40, whatever, but not super productive. Same goes for Eric Watts. Teams are going to love him. Trajan Jeffcoat, same thing. And then on the flip side, Muhammad Kamaro, Gabriel Murphy, and Javon Solomon are three guys that the, the NFL maybe won't be as high on that have a high likelihood of success because they dominated the things that matter. All right. So it's exclamation point space and then Y or N. Exclamation point space and then Y. Brambo, don't you dare. Uh, let's see. Donald Krieger says, are you off the DeGene train? No, I'm not. I like him. I do like Cooper DeGene. I just, I've been kind of looking at other prospects and getting excited about some other guys. Um, I, I did kind of come down a little bit with DeGene just because my initial hype was based off just stuff people throw on Twitter. And then when I watched him kind of in line, oh, Brambo, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> Thank you, Brambo, for the four ninety nine. I almost missed that. Uh, he's, do I have to read it? He says, swinging tampon. <laughs> Damn you, Brambo. Anyways, well, well, by the end of this, it's going to be banned. So unless you're paying, nobody's allowed to say it anymore. What are we doing? I'm, I'm completely lost now. No, I'm not out on DeGene, if you were asking me. Um, but like I said, I, I, I had to come down a little bit just because when you watch him in line, he's really good. I like him. But he just kind of, he's not like this superhuman figure like I kind of saw him before. He's just like good in a pile of, of really good guys. Like I, I really liked... Uh, um, kool-aid and uh rake straw and some of these guys so all right we got garrett from sarnanoi hey pack daddy it's uh garrett from sarnanoi what's up man i wanted to just address the whole 
restructuring uh, deal now that we know that Rayshon's contract has been restructured, and now apparently uh, Preston Smith's contract has been restructured. So is Goody just pushing back these contracts so to open up space for to keep Bakhtiari, or is he setting himself up to make moves for free agency possibly? And I guess I'm I'm kind of personally I'm torn a little bit because I really do want to see Bach 100% healthy and playing for the Packers for the rest of his career. I know the contract is a big hit, but uh, I mean, if you do have him starting and he's healthy, and then you have Walker behind him as the backup swing tackle, that does change how they can draft, in my opinion. Um, perhaps you know, focus a little bit more on the defense a little bit and maybe choose some guys higher than they would otherwise if the blue chip tackle was the fall to them, would they do it if they knew that they they're keeping Bach? So I just personally right now I feel like I would rather see them address the defensive side more than the offense. Um I feel like it is serviceable. I know there's going to be some guys that aren't going to be returning, but um, I do feel like later on in the middle of the draft they can address the offensive line uh, this year. So I'm just curious what you thought of all these new uh, restructures and just what that really means for free agency this year. I'm out. Yeah, so, I mean, kind of like I said, and this is where I feel like there's a a lack of understanding on my part in terms of what's going on, because it seems relatively straightforward that we don't need to nickel and dime. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but I have a feeling it's, it's the Packers doing what they always do, which is very robotically say we have a process. And right now, David Bakhtiari is a green Bay Packer. He's expected to play as a green Bay Packer. And so they're operating as such. And as such, they need to free up money. Um, I'm looking at it going, why don't we get some resolution on this? Because if we do, we don't have to nickel and dime Rashawn Gary, right? I mean, I I have no issue with asking for Pres- asking Preston for a pay cut. And if he says yes, that's fantastic. Same with Aaron Jones. But let's, aside from asking guys for pay cuts, which, I mean, anytime you want to do that, I mean, go for it. Um, the other thing that just kind of popped into my head is, are they doing the same thing to Preston they're doing to Aaron Jones, which is to say, which is funny because we all looked at Preston as sort of the odd man out and saying, I wonder if they're going to let him go. And then they restructure him and it's like, oh, I guess not. I guess they really do value him and all this stuff. Well, no, he took a pay cut, which means they probably went to him and said, we're not paying you this. Either you take a pay cut or we're letting you go. So the, the, these are options given to people that are essentially on the outs. Is another way to think of it. So, um, anyways, yeah, I, I, I just, I, that's the only thing I could think because, again, in my mind, just resolve the David Bakhtiari thing, and if that works out, we don't have to touch anything, right? Give pay cuts to whoever needs a pay cut. We don't need to do this, Rashawn. That Rashawn Gary thing just ticks me off, man. I'm just not a fan. Um, Brambo, stop saying no. Um, we will take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, one other real quick question. So, with the draft being just a couple months away, I know the 
people had mocked themselves to death already. But there is a lot to be said about the information we get from the Combine. And listening to the last podcast where you went over just what really does determine, you know, if the guy's going to be good or not and the emphasis they put on things. Um, I know that Green Bay puts a lot on the RAS scores, but, you know, when you got guys like Jaden Reed, who was probably one of the biggest breakout players for him, having one of the lowest RAS scores, I'm really hoping that they really do take a hard look at themselves and their evaluations and just start watching the tape and uh, going with gut instincts a little bit, like how we see stuff, like just just get the football player. Yep. You know, get the football player. So there's some things that just can't be measured, and, and heart is one of them. So I'm just hoping that uh, we get some real studs that are just football players. Yeah, and, and that's that's something that I've been kind of banging the drum on for a while, but it's it's also tough because when it hits, that's and that's the point, it's sky high. So there's there's this sort of you know, give and take. You got guys like Dentavian Wicks, where I, mean, I think actually Wicks was pretty high RAS or whatever, but whatever. Wicks has all these questions about what can he actually be and you know, it's 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 kind of a big question mark, but the bottom line is dude's a good football player. You watch him run routes and everything, it's like holy crap, man. Um he might not run in the four threes, but he's just good at what he does. And so you, you take a swing at that guy and it pans out. Um, but you're also, you understand there's a hard ceiling. And for some of these guys, there's just no ceiling. And and I think the Packers are looking at it. And, you know, of course, they're always looking for good football players. That's that's the main thing that they're doing. I think they just fall in love with upside. And sometimes it pans out and then we're all excited. Nobody's complaining about it. And then sometimes, you know, we get the high RAS guy and then a little bit later, the guy that everybody liked, who didn't have a super high RAS, gets drafted, dominates the NFL, and we're like, you bunch of jerks. You couldn't have just taken the guy because he's a good football player. So I guess you just take the good with the bad, and uh, it's been mostly good from the Packers. Although, you know, again, they said they reevaluated what they do in the third round, and it seemed to pan out. Their very first time doing that, they get Tucker Craft. Tucker Craft looks fantastic. So maybe there is something to be said about, you know, they took a, a swing on Jaden Reed. It panned out. You know, you're always tweaking. You're always refining. You wonder if they go back and look at that and say, you know, maybe there's something here. Okay, third and final question. What is your gut telling you when it comes to, with the amount of picks that Goody has to work with, does he trade up using some of his picks? Or does he trade back and accumulate more in order to fill all of these positions that do seem to be a little thin? In my personal opinion, this year, I, I don't see how they're going to have this amount of picks again for quite a while unless there's another trade that happens with them. Uh, 11 is quite a bit. So I think they should bundle some of these picks and move up and get some of these blue-chip guys that can play day one. So, you know, if there's a chance to get Super DeGene, move up and get them. there's a chance to get Quinion Mitchell, move up and get them. there's a chance to get Top Robinson, bundle some of these picks, 
and get them. Up and get them. So stop the development stuff and just start with getting the guy that plays day one and makes a huge impact. Well, they're always going to go with the development guys, and I think that is what makes the Packers good because it's it's not just about 2024, it's about 2024 and beyond. But that doesn't mean, you know, your, your point is still understood in that, you know, we, we want a guy that can play. Um, and I, I tell you what, man, it, it, there are some guys here, and maybe I'm just overthinking it, but as I look at it, it's like, you know, there, there is a sweet spot, like just in this range, you know, just before 25. Like I, I would just, I mean, look, um, Arnold is probably out of reach. Like Dallas Turner, I think goes before this. I mean, I just, I know there's a lot of studs here, but I mean, what he did and be, and as important as that position is, and you had a guy last year out of Alabama with elite scores that went to the Texans and is dominating the NFL. I, I can't imagine you take a tight end uh, before you take Dallas Turner. But anyways, so, you know, Terry and Arnold's probably too far out of reach. Fashanu, maybe. Uh, but, I mean, you look at Fashanu, Arnold, Mitchell, Wiggins, Fuaga, DeGene, Byron Murphy, Kool-Aid McKinstry, J- Jerzon Newton. Like, I'm looking at that crew, and I'm like, dang, man, there's some guys right there. Um, it's hard not to love that. And, and again, Chop Robinson. Now, I think he's going to skyrocket and and probably, again, you get it. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, you look at, um, you know, last year we picked 11-ish, 12-ish or whatever, and we got our guy. And then shortly after that, the Jets took a guy. um, And I would say, I forget his name, but he's a smaller edge guy. I really liked him, real bendy. Um, You could almost call him a throwback because the NFL started getting a lot bigger and and whatnot. But the, the smaller bendy guys, they ended up taking him. I think Chop Robinson could easily be compared to him. I forget his name. Chat, please help me because you guys know names and I can't remember. <clears throat> but um, so, I, in other words, I see Chop Robinson like in this range. If I had to guess, he's 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 out of control. But man, there's there's guys that just feels like right in here. You know, somebody's gonna one of these guys is gonna fall. You know, if Kool Aid starts getting in here, it's like, come on, man, come on, man. You know what I mean? Um, if if you start seeing, and I don't know about Fawaga, I we'll we'll see how he tests and whatnot. Um, I'm 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 interested, but you know, DeGene, Byron Murphy, a lot of these guys, I'm looking at like, man, I just I don't know if I can sit here at 25 and wait, and then all these guys are gone, and it's like I don't want Jackson Powers Johnson. I just don't. I'm sorry, I'm not taking a center in the first round, uh, especially a guy that's not even, in my opinion, my favorite center. Um, Again, I think Chop Robinson is long gone. I love Ennis Rakestraw, but I looked at his RAS. I don't think the Packers are taking him in the first round. Uh, another interior guy, you know, wide receiver, maybe. I don't know. I would love Braylon Trice. I just, I doubt it, right? Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's one of these things that go Lassiter or, you know, one of these guys in this range. I'm just, I'm just looking at it. And again, like this is the sweet spot. There's so many guys right in here. That it's like, bro, it's so hard not to move up if there's somebody just sitting there. So, um, as far as and 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 Goot does have a propensity to do that, and especially in the first round to trade up. You know, we saw him last year and in multiple years trading up in the first. Then you get into the second round, he has a double trade back. We stack up on picks and whatnot. You know, we got two seconds. We could easily move up in the first. If I if, I, if this wasn't live, I'd pull up the trade chart and whatnot and just kind of get an idea of how high we can move. Uh, we'll start playing with that as we as we move along, getting into the war games. But um, 
I, I certainly think it's possible. And again, as soon as one of these guys and somebody's going to starts ticking into this range, especially if you're talking premier positions, you're talking tackles, you're talking edge rushers, you're talking corners, uh, maybe wide receiver. I don't know who that could possibly be. Um, but if you got a guy that's that they really like, uh, Brian Thomas, I guess, that slips into this range, if they really like him, just do it, man. I'm I'm all in. Did we? I don't think we played this one. Okay, so I got to add something to that last question. Sure. Um, otherwise, I'll forget to call in later tomorrow about this. Would you, Ryan? Would you, if you were Udi, would you? Would you use one of your 2025 first or second round picks mm. to move up and get somebody this year? Mm. Is there somebody on the board this year in your top tier players that in your mind warrants using a first or a second round to trade up and get them? Um, in the past, you know, Beauty has been willing to trade his present picks to move up or move back and get garner some more. But like I said earlier, before he got 11 picks, I feel like they need to bundle them all and move up all of them to get something better. And I was just wondering if you were willing to gamble a future pick from next year just to get somebody now to, and this is why I say this might not be a bad idea. The Super Bowl window, of course, the people talk about, it's only open for so much a matter of time for the guys that are playing right now. And we know that they are capable of getting there. Is it promised that they will again? No. But if you get the right impact players, it definitely doesn't, it definitely helps. So are there players in this year's draft that you think justifies trading one of next year's picks so that they're on the team for the next four or five years to even bolster this team even that much more um, and having that cheap first-round talent with a rookie contract, do you just get more guys that are all in that category just to, you know, create a foundation that is – you know, cap friendly and yet top tier talent. So I was just wondering if, if there was anybody in your mind that did, you know, fall into that category because I can think of a couple guys maybe I think a lot of people wouldn't mind seeing us trade up to get Cooper DeGene or Quignon Mitchell. Those would definitely be two guys that I would be all over to try and get no matter what. I think they're just, they're, yeah, I would, you know, wouldn't loosely throw around generational talent, but they're close to that. So I guess we'll wait and see how their pro days and combine goes. So, first of all, uh, if you're following along, drop your answer to that question in the chat. So I've got a couple different thoughts. Um, first of all, I think if we were going to do it, it would have to be again for a premier position, and I think that that's where we kind of excel. I mean, there's a lot of edge rushers, right? Jared Verse could fall, Latu could fall, Fashanu could fall. Then you got Quinion Mitchell, Nate Wiggins, uh, again Fuaga, Dejean, uh, even Byron Murphy. You could call interior guys, assuming he's a pass rusher. Um, so, so there are those premier guys, uh, not including quarterback, because we're not trading up for a quarterback. Um, 
but I still struggle to get there. I mean, despite the fact that Gutekunst does move up and he does do a lot of things, he always makes sure that in the future we have lots of picks. It's always about protecting the future, and I appreciate that. That's why for two years in a row we've had 11 picks. And out of those 11, we get a lot of production. I don't want to start going in the wrong direction because we start making up something in our head that we're in this tiny little window when we're not. We hit the reset button. Of all teams in the NFL, I think the Packers are in the best position to not have to panic. I just want to show you something real quick. This is just an example, right? So this is the Carolina Panthers depth chart. Anything in blue means they're a free agent. Anything in yellow means they're in the final year of their contract. Look at their freaking defense. Brian Burns, Marquise Haynes, Henry Anderson, Deshaun Williams, Chris Wormley, Yutur Gross Matos, Frankie Louvu, Deion Jones, Tay Davis, Camus Grieger-Hill, Jeremy Chin, Troy Hill, C.J. Henderson. That's just their defense. They're all free agents. On top of Derek Brown, Shaq Thompson, J.C. Horn, Xavier Woods, and Dante Jackson being in the final year of their deals, offensively, Terrace Marshall, Tommy Tremble, Ian Thomas, Andy Dalton, Chuba Hubbard, Mike Strachan, Brady Christensen, Austin Corbett in the final years of their deal, Justin McRae, Gabe Jackson, David Sharp, LaVisca Chenault, all free agents. So, I mean, you want to talk about like a window, like everybody's leaving, like we got to figure something out. That's it. Look at Green Bay. Green Bay has like none of that. Look at all the white. Nobody's going anywhere. Everybody's brand new. We've got time. We do not need to panic right? A.J. Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, Tyler Davis, John Runyon, that's it on offense. And not one of those guys, if they leave, no offense. I love A.J. Dillon, very appreciative for what John Runyon's done. You know I've been a big Josiah DeGuara fan. If none of those four return, I'm sorry, whoop-de-doo. On defense, Corey Ballantyne, Jonathan Owens, Rudy Ford, Eric Wilson, Christian Welch. Rudy Ford is the only one in that group that's really done anything aside from Wilson on special teams. There's there's no panic here. There's no panic. There's no reason to panic. This is all about building and, and every year continuing to build. If anything, trade back and, and get another first for next year, um, which would be hard to do because we're so back, so far back. But um, I'm just I'm just really struggling. Unless you're going up for a quarterback or something, which we're not. I just, I can't quite get there. Um, if you want to move up, fine. If you want to give up one of our seconds in the in the second round, I mean, that's that's a big ask. You know, I mean, that's a Jaden Reed. That's a Luke Musgrave. That's a Elton Jenkins. That's a, you know, we, we've got a lot of production. Do you want to give up a Christian Watson for, you know, just to package and move up and grab a guy? Um, you got to think pretty hard about that. So again, there are guys I'd move up for. I don't like giving up next year's capital. I like that we acquire capital next year so that even if we move a couple pieces this year if we end up out of the 11 packaging kind of moving up moving back we get nine-ish picks um but then next year we started to stack some picks i'm all about that so um i have a hard time getting there as far as should we do that kind of stuff uh garrett again okay so i just listened to your latest episode and i wanted to respond to miko's comments about uh, the fighting, fighting, and I wanted to just go on the record to say I never advocated you would have, you know, deliberately go and start a fight. Okay. It's just if one started, I knew that we had the guys that could finish. And I agree. overall, yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know. By the way, pause real quick. Uh, Zach, I appreciate the comment in Facebook. Unfortunately, this only works on YouTube. So do me a favor, go subscribe on YouTube. Garrett, please continue. 
if we need an alternative just to kind of get our testosterone going, mm. maybe we just need to have a backyard flag football game or something, you know. Sure. Have uh, half the guys suit up. Just beat the crap out of each on other. On the green side, another guy suit up for the gold side and have a friendly backyard football game. Yeah. So I'd be all up for that uh, just so we kind of burn off some steam. So just, just wanted to go on record, Ryan. I, I never advocated for fights. Uh, I do have a get-out-of-free-jail card being that I'm a, a sheriff's deputy, so uh, I, I know that I can uh, get us out of some trouble, not maybe all trouble, but maybe some. We 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 would probably get to walk away uh, just by association. So uh, have a great weekend. Look forward to hearing the results from all the combine uh, results. I'm out. Um. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm at a loss for words on the fighting conversation. I uh, again, I forgot how that even got started. I obviously had never intended that to be serious, and it's become very serious. And now I'm getting worried about a draft meetup that there's going to be some anticipation and 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 certain expectations that have been met. That uh, when you join the Packernet crew, the expectation is you're going to be getting into a fist fight with somebody from another podcast or YouTube. And um, I don't need to see. Tom Grassi getting, you know, stomped out with people yelling, this is for Pack Daddy or any of that kind of stuff, because that would be problematic. And I'd rather that doesn't happen. Um, so let's just, let's just drop it. <laughs> Should we take a poll on that too? No more talking about the, uh, the, the fights and no more. To- In fact, you know what? I think we're going to close the poll. Yeah. The yeses have it two to one. So there you go. Uh, you can, t- <laughs> you can no longer vote in this poll. It's now banned. I don't know how to enforce that. I don't think I can enforce that, but I'm just saying that it is officially banned. Um, question or comment from Donald Krieger says, better question to me, considering Goot alluded to it, is should we trade a pick or two for a solid veteran? We're so young, I think that makes more sense. Um, it's not terrible. I mean, especially if by veteran you mean like what we did in 2019 when he went out and got a bunch of guys, which is to get like 26-year-olds. Guys that are kind of going into that second contract, 26, 27, whatever. I'm, I'm not really into getting like a 31-year-old type of veteran. Um, I mean, you, you could probably talk me into it, but eh, I, I like that we're young. I think it's a good thing that we're young. I, I think diversity is also a good thing just for the sake of, of contracts because you don't want every contract hitting at the exact same time. It's one of the one of the negatives of having so many picks and having so many of those picks hit because <laughs> it's like everybody's going to get paid at the exact same time. It's going to be hard to stagger those contracts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess adding in people with, with different staggered contracts would be a benefit, I guess, something I, you don't really have to think about too often because very rarely are teams in this kind of a situation. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, certain guys have been cut. There's been a lot of talk about that. A lot of safeties actually have been cut, which is interesting. Um, I haven't really gone through and looked at those guys yet and, and formed my own opinion. But um, obviously the Packers are going to look into that. They're going to probably reach out to the agents, find out what they're looking for, find out the market. But um, depending on how much things maybe have or have not changed, I remember several years ago safeties were throwing an absolute fit, kind of similar to running backs this past year. But just throw in an absolute fit because the safety market had bottomed out. And now if we flood the market again with more safeties, 
guess what? The market goes to zero, which means the price for these guys is going to be lower. Now, I know you're talking about a trade if you're talking capital. I'm not aware of anybody that, that would be available via trade, but um, I guess that would be something else to keep in mind. But yeah, uh, I'm not super opposed to veterans, but again, it's a good thing to be a young team. We're not in win now. This is not, we need to throw caution to the wind and start making a bunch of bad decisions that are going to hurt us in the future so that we can win today. Um, there might be tiny bits of that to try to get us over the hump, but um, I don't know. And yeah, Drew says safety is generally considered a position that's lower importance, which again is a good thing. We need safety. Shouldn't be the hardest thing in the world to fill, right? Finding a quarterback can be tough. Finding a safety shouldn't be as tough, right? Last time we found Amos, it worked out perfectly. Hopefully we can do something like that again. Um, GR7070 says the problem with the proven vet or solid vet is they have zero upside and often aren't drastically better than a young guy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like any free agent. Generally speaking, most of them are not going to pan out, right? Oh, they're so good. They, they got these big names. Or the team's letting them go for a reason. They're probably on the decline. But occasionally you get an Adrian Amos, a Darius Smith, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, things pan out spectacularly so it'll be interesting to see how these things um progress but i'm gonna leave it at that you guys have a good rest of your day thank you to everybody that called we're sitting at uh 10 more calls so we're actually good for tomorrow too please keep the calls coming but we should be able to do this tomorrow i cannot commit to a time because i don't know um i never know but uh just stay tuned make sure you subscribe have a good night drew Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube, hit the little bell notification so you'll get a little alert whenever that goes off. Or you can do that on Twitter to get a notification, Facebook, whatever you want to do. Um, just make sure you're tuned in and uh, you guys have a good night. Talk to you later.